Hello, everyone. You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. This episode, we are stepping it back a notch a little bit. David and I are going to be talking a bit about the more personal side of technology, using it, and potentially when not to use it. And we're going to hit on Slack for coming to Windows Phone, talk about Cortana going to Android, and we're going to cover some feedback. Uh, one particular thing, asking about what we should be, what, what Microsoft should be doing to compete with iOS and Android. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith. I am joined, as usual, by my co-host, David V. Kimball. Good uh, afternoon, sir. Good morning slash afternoon, Vernon. The time zones, we still haven't got them down, and this is the 25th episode. What What is with that? Hey, it's the 25th episode, guys, which it, it's funny because it's not necessarily that meaningful for podcasters because 25 is not – I mean, 26 is kind of a milestone – uh, obviously, 52 is, but 25 is just almost to half a year. Oh, yeah, that's true. If you're doing uh, weekly. That's well, a good point. I guess it's almost to a year if you're um, bi-weekly. Well, you know, you could look at it this way. 25 is a quarter towards the reason we have a zero in front of 25. Yeah. So there you can look at it that way. We'll go with that. Forewarning, everyone. You will be pleasantly relieved when I jump from my seat sometime during this podcast to go answer the door because I have a package arriving, which I'm excited about and we will hopefully talk about on this episode if it gets here. We'll talk about why I'm excited for that thing to show up. Uh, David, let's um, talk about... Well, let me talk about why we do not have a guest this episode. Go for it. Because I have a life, and I try to have a life beyond this podcast, and I'm sorry, but I did not get a chance to beg and plead hard enough to get a great guest like we typically have. David, obviously, is an awesome co-host, and I am here just, I don't know why I'm here, but uh, I love doing this, and we will somehow cobble together a an acceptable show without an awesome guest. You know, we're still divvying out responsibilities. We're still figuring this out. So you know what? Thanks for coming along the ride with us. <laughs> exactly. And so far, I've been taking the the blame for not getting pot, uh, guests on, and um, I guess occasionally I get the credit for getting a guest on as well. There you go. There we go. So, David, uh, yes. how could people contact us, and why would they want to do that? Well, let's say you listen to the show, and this is your second time, or even third time, or even fourth time listening to the show, and you still have not clicked that subscribe button. You know what? Let's just say it's a lot easier for you if you just subscribe to our show instead of having to type in a URL, you know, all that work of typing in keys. All you have to do is subscribe to us, and you can do that by typing in msmobileshow.com slash subscribe, clicking a link, and never having to type that in ever again. Imagine that. Uh, you can do that in your favorite podcasting app as well. If you just search MS Mobile Show, we should appear. And that's, you know, all the bases. That's Pocket Casts. That is your podcast app on your mobile device. Whatever you choose. Even iTunes or, well, podcasts in Apple, if you prefer. Yeah, and, of course, you can watch us live, if you'd like, on YouTube and watch our faces say the words that you hear. Exactly. And watch our webcams go in and out of what they should be doing. <laughs> yeah, focus and in focus and all that. Um, but if you do listen to us and you have, maybe you have subscribed to us and it's been a, you've been a subscriber for us for a while, and you have, out of the ten episodes you've listened to, you've got about a few minutes of value, and you feel like that's worth something. You can always help contribute to this show by going to msmobileshow.com/advertise, and we have different tiers of giving, so you don't have to sign your life away. You can give us some pocket change if you'd like. And that does make the difference, believe it or not. And this makes it from a hobby to something more, I don't know, how do you say it? Premium, I guess. Exactly. And even if 1% of our 32 million downloads each episode... Wait. Okay, that was my other <laughs> podcast. Um, oh, right, right. But anyway, the, the reason being this is still a small podcast. We just love doing this. We are thrilled that we have people joining in, uh, you know, interacting with us. We love that stuff. We have a pre- and post-show blab, and we love uh, hanging out with you guys. It really is awesome. David and I obviously have a great time talking about this stuff. 
and it would be wonderful to get some of our expenses covered. And so every, literally every single dollar really does count, and we appreciate it. Now I sound like I'm on public television. So let's. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Do that. That does not cost you a thing. Follow us on Twitter. We are MS Mobile Show, and uh, we love getting feedback from you guys. Speaking of feedback, John Martinez, he is at 1800JMart on Twitter. He has recommended, he asked, uh, he said, this topic, he said, this topic may get out of hand, but what should Microsoft add to Windows 10 to put it over the top of iOS and Android? And he has some great suggestions as well. He starts off with uh, software, interactive live tiles, uh, tiles that, that uh, that, depending on size, provide different features. He also says, uh, number two, a hardware, a Surface phone that runs on Intel, and when docked, run x86 apps. Absolutely, big thumbs up there. And three, Xbox controller with mic and audio port. I had not thought of the Xbox controller mic and audio port, and you will, you probably already know if you don't, you will find out why I hadn't thought of that when we get to our games pick of the week. Um, so let's start with that, David. What do you think of Xbox controller mic and audio port? That is a brilliant idea because, one, Microsoft is no longer making it mandatory to have, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, connect sensors with Xbox One. Therefore, if you wanted to use Twitch, you wanted to stream your gameplay, having a port for a microphone and a headset is perfect for streaming because the Twitch app is already on Xbox One or you can easily access Twitch on your Windows 10 device. Maybe you don't have special mic and, and you know, camera for your computer and you just want it locally to your to your controller so you can sit back in your couch or play or whatever. That is a brilliant idea. I think that would do wonders for both the Xbox crowd, which will have a Windows 10 core very soon, and of course Windows 10 proper on PC if you want to play Steam games or you want to play on Xbox or whatever. I think it's a great idea. Awesome. Let's do it. Done. Um, the other part, we have another one, hardware, what we want to see for hardware. Now the Note 5 just came out. Okay. And yes, the whole world is going crazy over it. Or are they? Um, I, I've heard some pretty good reviews. Uh, some people that are handling it, they really enjoy it. But I think, and it's easy to say this, because I think a lot of times we get so excited about new devices. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. That um, it's easy to say, this phone is awesome! And as Samsung phones are known for, and this Samsung enthusiast will say this, too, you have that bit rot. You have whatever it does to Samsung. They, or I should say, Android. You know, with touch, touch whiz. They don't call it touch whiz anymore. But um, it, it just bogs down. Whatever that reason is. Now the the Note 5 so far came out on Friday, four days in, and I've handled it. It's um, I actually don't like it because it's a little bit thicker than the Note 4. If I was going to get an Android phone right now. Let me, see, let me rephrase that. If I was forced to buy a Samsung Android phone right now, I would get the Note 4. Not the Note 5 because of the a lot of things. There's a lot of things. So look it up. I'm not going to dwell on that. But it does come with Skype and OneNote pre-installed, which hmm. is a good thing. At least on AT&T it does. So that's – there we go. That somehow had something to do with our show. Well, speaking of Android, if you, if you don't mind if I add this briefly, I found the first sort of flavor of Android that's not Android proper that actually looked kind of cool. It's Oxygen OS – is part of the new OnePlus One and OnePlus Two devices. I've been hearing a nice. lot about those lately, and um, and you know the devices actually look pretty. It's something different. I mean, it's not another Note, it's not another Galaxy. It's, it seems to be a relatively high-end Android device that uh, has a really cool skin on it. So I, I don't know if, how bloaty Oxygen OS is, but I actually kind of want to try to put it on my Samsung and see what happens. Nice, that's a good idea. What I was getting at with the hardware. The Note 5 has a stylus, and it's pretty good. Even since the Note 3, it's been pretty good. And Microsoft has, or Samsung has done a great job, and that sounds like my package is here. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, it's not here. My um, the, the stylus is good, and the software with it is good. Absolutely. So as far as that, the new, whatever Windows 10 mobile needs to have multi-window support, Okay, just like you would on Windows 10, even if it's just two windows, and even if it's only for those Snap 800X devices, you know, it, it, we need that. Even just, even if I'm not going to use it, I need to say, yep, I can do that too, which is ridiculous, but that is the race we're in. It needs to have a good stylus. Um, 
the Surface obviously has an awesome stylus, and so I think if they could trim that down a little bit and um, make put it in a phone, definitely awesome, absolutely. And hardware, it, okay, we need to have obviously a decent camera, and we're not going to go into the specs, but we need a decent camera. I should say better than decent camera for a flagship. We need to have a good front-facing camera. As much as I hate that that is a thing now, it is a thing. And, of course, um, well, I personally do not want a quad HD or full 4K display, which are rumored. And that, <sighs> okay, I don't want it, but we need it. Just to say, yep, we're playing in the big leagues here, kids, um, but I don't want my battery getting sucked out on that. Speaking of battery, I want at least, I'd say, 3,400 milliamp hour battery. 36 would be awesome, especially on a larger device. And lastly, I want it to look like the Surface, which will not happen uh, yet, but that's what I'm thinking for hardware. What are you thinking, uh, David? You know, I think the mature thing to do is just like you said, don't make it a 4K or Ultra HD or whatever. Wait till the battery technology is there to support it. Don't like, I mean, the Android thing is to sort of have the capability before it's really ready for it. That's like sort of the, that's what you're allowed to do in Android because it's so fragmented anyway. It's like, why not? But I mean, I think Microsoft should be more serious about it and I think they're still, honestly, I think they're really early to new technologies. I think they do it very well. LTE is a great example. They had LTE in the 900, like two generations before iPhone even considered it. And they had, what else did they do? The wireless charging in the 920, uh, incredible. And they that's did that so That's a three-year-old device. Or yeah. Just about. Yeah. And that's, it's funny, like they're marketing, like this Note 5 has wireless charging built in. Ooh. Now Samsung has had it before too, but not necessarily built in. And it's like, yep, I've been using that for three years. Mm-hmm. Okay, impress me. Yeah. Uh, something, something I forgot about is USB Type-C, which we are expecting with this new round. And as far as I know, there's not a smartphone out there right now that has this. I could be wrong on that. I would love if you, someone corrected me on that, if there's something else out there. Um, we don't want to start saying, yeah, Windows Phone was first on it, and then be wrong. Um, let us know about that. Yeah, uh, Type-C. Yeah, what do you, yeah, what do you think about it? What do you think about a kickstand? Kickstand for a phone? Sure. Um, I think, hmm, tough one because um, I would say 90% of the time it would be annoying if it came out when you didn't want it to. Um, but every once in a while you do kind of want to show friends a video or something and you don't want to have to hold it the whole time. So, you know, you always end up getting makeshift kickstands anyway. Like if you have a cup of coffee, you're like, let's make this the prop so I can keep my phone up, but then it slips and... Yeah, so I think potentially there's something there, but it's not going to be used 90% of the time, 95% of the time. Well, two two things on that. HTC has done it well, like half a decade ago, a little less than that. And it, they were kind of known for it actually for a while. I forget which line it was, but yeah, it was it was that was cool. Excuse me. But the other side of it that is a side of that side of it to that. Wow, whatever some combination of words, is that uh, Continuum coming out is basically going to be your ultimate kickstand. Absolutely. So, uh, David, you want to talk a little bit more about Continuum? And um, like John John said, a Surface Phone runs on Intel, uh, and docked apps run, or docked runs x86 apps. I don't understand that much as that as much. x86, I'm assuming, is 32-bit. Is that right? Right. Well, like, think about, <clears throat> think about, like, your your Photoshop or your Zune software. Those are all x86 applications. So basically not universal Windows apps, right? Um, so what makes sense about that is um, because the universal Windows app platform is more flexible and it can use less resources depending if it's a smaller device and all that, x86 obviously are not optimized for mobile. So having it docked, I think John's rationale here is that having it docked would permit higher taxing of the device and heavier usage, which is probably what x86 apps would require. But considering we have a larger display and actually the phone has the specs to run it technically, I think that's a great idea. I think what will frustrate people, though, is just common consumers won't really understand that difference, and they'll want to run x86 apps randomly on their phone off the dock, and they'll be like, why can't I open it? So that's where I see the issue in a suggestion. Um, But I think... That would be a really neat feature. I think there's some way to enable it, like in some sort of developer mode or heavy user mode. Or as long as it was buried in there, if it was accessible, that would be cool. But I mean, why not? 
For sure. I think giving all the things, enabling everything, or having everything available and still needs to run decently um, is important, but then it's it's okay to even hide some of that stuff because the people that really want it are going to find a way to get it, you know, dig in there, and um, the people that are not looking for it maybe shouldn't necessarily just run across it and then taint their experience perhaps if they don't know what they're doing. One last thing on the on continuum, the device, we're expecting you plug, you basically dock or wirelessly connect to your, your monitor and, of course, uh, keyboard and mouse. That monitor, I'm kind of wondering what resolution, if there's resolution limitations on that. If we're trying to push pixels with the phone, we don't want... I mean, I don't understand this enough. If we have a, t- if we can handle quad HD on this phone, I would imagine it's going to handle just about any monitor. I would hope. Mm-hmm. I hope that's a reasonable uh, thought there. Well, and it would be like if you're using Miracast or something else. I mean, it would just downscale appropriately. I, okay. I don't see that being an issue. But one thing about Continuum is that <clears throat> I think Continuum is the future. However, if Continuum were to launch, let's say it was months, months, months earlier, and came out tomorrow. Our world is not ready for Continuum because you will not go... You, the best you might find is you might go to a conference room and find a monitor you can wirelessly connect to. But no one just has like a keyboard and mouse laying around for Continuum-enabled devices, right? So, Or do they? Look at the... Mic- we don't, I don't have one laying around, but the Microsoft, the new Microsoft key- wireless keyboard that came out, it's like 80 bucks or something. But um, it, it's like waterproof and stuff. Like, it's really, mm-hmm. really amazing. Yeah. not saying that it's ne- necessarily justifiable, but if I was, hmm, if I was like a real businessman, right? Like I'm going on a business trip, flying out, all you know, bringing my gear and got my hotel cover and like all that kind of silly stuff, right? Uh, pretending I'm like a big, you know, like a grown a grown up or something. <laughs> but if I was a real person like this who did this several times, more than more than a few times a year, it would definitely be worth it to me to invest even in a keyboard to bring myself, you know, something small mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. The monitor, I mean, as long as it just uses regular DLNA or even just plugs in with HDMI, Type-C to HDMI, um, I think that's pretty reasonable to bring an extra little cable or just have one laying there. But the other point, back to your point about uh, not being ready for it, if it comes out next year, if they don't enable Continuum till June of next year, it's still not going to be ready. I mean, people will still not be ready for it. It's just, unless they're like, okay, we're getting into the, you know, um, into all the top, hotel chains, you know, Holiday Inn Express or like whatever we would consider a a um, a, a large number of, of business hotels, whatever whatever that would be, maybe not Holiday Inn Express. Um, I think I've dwelt enough about on that on that enough. Let's talk about marketing itself. When the Lumia 900 came out, it was a huge big deal at AT&T, absolutely. And uh, they kind of screwed it up. Um, there were some, some things screwed up there. Same thing with the 920 when that was out. Big, big push. Everyone had them in their hands. I think my package is here. Talk about how marketing has failed or succeeded for uh, AT&T and Microsoft. All right. Well, I'm just kind of throwing this. So <clears throat> I think the 920 was a really strong flagship, and, uh, and, and AT&T did see that. I saw it in a lot of his advertising, but you didn't see a lot of the AT&T folks in the stores talking about him, at least in, in my opinion. Um, is that your, was that your package? No, I don't know what it is. The wind is extra noisy today or something. Look, I want to hear what you're going to say. Oh, that was, just that it sucked. It needs to be better. I mean, okay. you know, but is it is it worth it? Even if they dump whatever, a big chunk of money at AT&T, for example, um, Will it even work? Is it is it enough to change the mind share? Because that's huge. It's it's absolutely an, an enormous hill to say to overcome. It's it's just nuts. So what it, is it good to focus to throw those flagships in there and get a good price, really promote the crap out of it, or is it just better to make a deal with um, Holiday Inn Express and say, hey, um, here, make sure you have these things. You know, here we're gonna fund these continuum things in every device or every um, room or at least in the conference room, what do you call them, business rooms, or, or are they going to say, okay, here, you, I don't know, top three, top 20 big businesses, enterprise businesses, like my the parent company uh, of who I work for is uh, DFA, Dairy Farmers of America, and that's where I'm going, going to Kansas City, woo I'm excited, and um, 
if they said, okay, all 12,000 of you or something, here, we're going to get you uh, this Lumia, let's see, what, what are we thinking for mid-range? Let's just say an 850, okay? Here's Lumia 850. You get it for half price. Just um, these are your business phones. They do a deal with them, blah, blah, blah. Um, do they need to do that, or do they just need to have more Super Bowl ads? I mean, what is it? Mm -hmm. Well, we have to think about this in terms of supply and demand, right? So let's say <clears throat> Microsoft really wanted to continue them to take off. I don't necessarily think that having, like, keyboards and mice and monitors just be like, okay, your, your hotel needs to have a room just full of that so people will be encouraged to bring their continuum-enabled phone. That doesn't necessarily create demand. It creates opportunity. But the advertisements, in my opinion, are what kind of instills a demand into people. Like, it makes you want the product. And so once the demand is there, the supply will come later, I think. But, that, I mean, that's just the typical age-old fight of louder advertisements, more money, and all those sorts of things. But I think it works. I think it still works after all these years. Yeah, I mean, you, but after you have, to create the demand, you actually have to have something that they want. Yeah. And, you know, we can talk about, I guess, the next thing, and probably the last thing as far as where Windows Phone can compete with iOS and, and Android. Back to apps. And I hate this stinking argument. But, okay, we're getting Slack. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Slack is coming to Windows Phone. That's a big deal. That's one of, I'll say, many apps that are still missing. Snapchat, probably never going to come to Windows Phone. It's never going to come to Windows. It's not It's not a desktop application um, I, unless they something changes. I don't know. Um, I'm tr and off the top of my head, I can't think of any other big ones mm -hmm. that are in the public eye, well, but everyone has their little app yeah, that they're missing. This conversation will be over real soon when we have the next capability of Windows 10, which is, you know the rumored Android on Windows 10 Mobile. If that's a thing, this app discussion will not happen. I mean, it'll be just the very particular iOS-exclusive apps, which they are there, and they are rather plentiful, actually. I've been looking into it. Um, that will be the, the last little discussion about it. Then we'll be done talking about it, because if you have access to the Google Play Store, I mean, and basically virtually, not exactly, but, you know, then it will be an issue. Yep. Last piece of feedback. We're just covering a couple of them today. Uh, John, same same John, John Martinez, suggested that we talk about games as well in our uh, picks of personal picks. So we will do that, and it will be embarrassing for me, but we will we'll go through it. Weekly poll question. David, we got to think of something really quick, buddy. Um, last week, uh, do you plan on purchasing a... Last week, the poll was, do you plan on purchasing a Windows 10 mobile device once they become available? We had some good feedback on this. And the, uh, I should say, we got some good participation on it, and we had, the poll kind of went the way I was expecting. But, and I, I made it simple, yes or no. I didn't go all, uh, you know, make you think too hard about it. 12% said no. They're not planning on getting a Windows 10 mobile device once they become available. Now, of course, this didn't just go to current Windows phone users. This is the entire internet that voted on this. Um, and so... 88% said, yes, they're going to get a Windows 10 mobile device when they became available. Um, I'm certainly going to do it. And David, maybe we could even, for next week's poll, we could talk, or I should say this week's poll, maybe something about how much are you willing to spend? Some, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Mm -hmm. We could try that. We really, really don't know what these devices, truly what these devices are going to be. We have great rumors, which are quite believable, mm -hmm. uh, but obviously they haven't been announced yet. We, of course probably will not have pricing at that time, but... Um, There's two know. different questions we could go with. I really like that right. one that you just said, uh, because now it's really clear that a large percentage of folks are going to upgrade. The qu next question would be, well, how much you're willing to pay? Um, but I think another good question, and I know you don't like talking about the app gap, but I think it'd be fun <laughs> to see, like, what app are you dying for on Windows Phone? A, Snapchat, B, Periscope, Meerkat, live streaming, C, something else, D, not listed. And C, you know, if because if they say Snapchat and that's the majority of votes, then it's like, but usually, in my experience, it's like some other random little app that's not a majority, you know? So my guess is if we were to say that poll, the majority would be none of the above because it would be some other random little one, not these big major apps that people need or whatever. That, yeah. But I, I kind of like yours about price range. you want to go with that one? Well, I'm okay with mine, but I think maybe in another month or so would be a, potentially a better time to do that. I think the app gap poll will work. So, mm -hmm. folks, we're going to tweet it out. Um, 
probably delegate some that to someone other better than myself for that. Maybe I'll try to get it done today. And uh, which that which category basically of window of app is missing on Windows Phone that you are dying to get? Yeah. So we'll get it out there. Let's talk about what's next here. We don't really have. Let's see. Let's talk about Slack. Slack for Windows and Win Windows Phone and Windows apparently. Um, I did not realize it was available in Windows. I don't know if it's still a beta or like whatever, but I'm using it. Um, I had to. It's a little bit funky setting up on a Windows phone. I had to go. I don't remember how I did it on the web or maybe on an Android device to get it set up. But Slack, if you're not aware, is basically um, well, the, it, they say it is the solution to email, and I think there's value in that. I think that that's quite true, but. I don't know what it is about email. I still like email. I just mm -hmm. I like work email, but I don't like that I get other junk at me the rest of mm -hmm. the time. Um, you know what? I think because you can do things by groups in Slack, and I know this was a way to mute certain groups. So you, I mean, you can sort of mute email, but not so well. But with Slack, I mean, you can prioritize groups. So let's say you have like an inner circle group that's like your boss, some executive, someone important, and then never mute that. And then mute like coworkers and mute friends and family, right? If you absolutely wanted to cut the noise, right? And you can't do that. You can sort of do that in email, but you can't, there's no like button to toggle that sort of thing. So I think that's one angle. One thing I want to say about Slack too is that um, I didn't set up Slack. I know you did, Vernon. I just joined the Slack room you created. So my experience was wonderful. It, it wasn't even like type in a password. It was click this link in your email, boom, you're logged in. And that, that was really, really cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that was like no barrier to entry. And then there was an option, oh, still want to put in your password? So they gave you the option to use your password. But I think people are genuinely sick of passwords. I don't hear, I hear so many complaints from people that I work with. Um, just in my experience working with consumer folks, they hate passwords. So Windows Hello and Windows 10 on mobile and on desktop is already one of the most anticipated features just by yes. the consumer because they hate passwords. And then this move with Slack, pe people don't mind getting a push notification, tapping the link in their email, which they never have to put their password in because it's on their phone, and getting logged in. That's a brilliant idea. I like it. One thing I like about traditional old fogey Outlook is that I can set up templates and if I have something I need to send out weekly, I can potentially schedule it. I, you know, if I have something that I need to set up a few things that go out every week, I can do several weeks in advance. I can use that template. The same distribution list is in there, subject, title, even color, the type of signature I have in there, all that crap. And then I can schedule it to go out when it needs to. That's definitely a power user thing. I don't consider myself a power user. That just happens to be one of those features that I mm -hmm. do take advantage of at times. So Outlook 2013 or even 2010, I'm using on a work PC. Um, I really, really enjoy it, and there's obviously just scratching the surface on the things you can do with Outlook. Right. But for real-time, I don't know what else you want to call it, the I, the the hip way of, uh, of, of interacting and being productive, I suppose, just IMing people back and forth. Um, if that is work, if that is your work environment and it works well for you, Slack is awesome. Slack, uh, so far it is obviously, and Slack for Slack beta for Windows 10 Mobile is available. It's a public beta. Go check it out. Create a group. Um, maybe even join a group that's already started in, in your uh, workspace or your you know the people you work with, and check it out. Yeah. Windows Windows 95. 20 years ago today, Windows 95 was. Um, available. And so the best joke I saw on the internet was Windows 10 came out a month ago and Windows 95 is already out. Oh wait, or something like that. Something like uh, I don't know, I didn't obviously didn't do the joke very well, but they're iterating, they're re what do you call it? They're reinventing <laughs> they're, they're reinventing quite a bit faster than we had anticipated going from Windows 10 to Windows 95. Um Ah, uh, next next item, I think. Um, <laughs> Cortana. Cortana's on Android. Now, we've talked about it before. It's available. You can fiddle around with, with the ADK. I don't know what it is. And um, I wasn't able to get it to work as well as I had hoped, but it is there on my Moto G. Uh, David, things have changed. Things have changed. Uh, as in, it's now, like, all the way available to people. It is. It is on Android? Okay, I thought you, I thought you were aware of that. Yeah, uh, the... No. News the to Cortana, 
Yep, Cortana, sorry. Cortana Beta and Cortana just opened on my desktop. Thank you, dear. Um, Cortana has um, is now available on Android in the true beta form, which is available to everyone, public beta. And that's good. I have not played around with it yet because I already have it, I guess, on my... Um, I haven't installed it the, the easy way because I already installed it the hard way. So check it out. If you run Android, try uh, Cortana. Next is the more... Um, less news and more uh, opening our hearts up to you segment here. I'm going to talk about tech fatigue. David, do you ever experience tech fatigue? Well, tech fatigue, as defined in our lovely notes, is the tendency to become bored with old devices. Now, this is not something... You know, actually, it does happen to consumers, but I say it happens in slower stages and steps. Um, but we tech people. We like what's new. We like what's coming up next. And so it is possible to get bored of devices, even though, really, the device we use is access to a screen that does get updated quite frequently. The hardware doesn't change. And as tech people, we want the hardware to ebb and transform along with the software, which is a very unrealistic expectation. So that's my understanding of it. And I have to say, my tech fatigue is... See, I have tech fatigue going on at the same time nostalgia comes in. So they balance each other out in such a way that I'm, again, still using my Zune HD, and I love it like it's new every day. So I have this I have this hoarding problem with tech where I'll get something that's old, and right around the time I might get bored with it, my nostalgia hits me like a brick, and I still love that device just like I did the day that I got it. Now, I'm pretty young now, so 10 years down the road, this could become problematic. But Vernon... How does tech fatigue affect you and your use of technology? Well, one way to define that for me is that I I love I love my Windows phones. I have several, debatably too many, uh, debatably too few uh, by some. And when there's an update or you know something different, something new, I really do like trying something different. If I put um, a certain version on a different device, I want to set up that start screen differently. And even have a different accent, color, whatever, and just try a different layout. Now, Windows Phone, and I've been reminded even more so of this recently, Windows Phone is really, really good at at backing up and restoring your start screen. And so me starting a new, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a balance between getting coming bored with old devices and truly getting burnt out as far as the fatigue of technology. Sometimes I love setting those up, and occasionally I'm just like, I just do not want to deal with this right now. I want this thing to just work. I need to text my wife. I want to do that. Uh, I need to, you know, check my work email, which I don't want to do. Like, whatever. You know, you'd rather just block it all out, be done. And then, of course, uh, tech fatigue can also take a toll on your family, folks. If you are that techie person and your family is not, um, balance that out, dear friends. Uh, do not... Do not over-fatigue your wife with your own technology. And I feel I have actually done a pretty good job of trimming that back. My wife and I have been married five years now, and uh, the first few years she was very tolerant. There was a period in where she was less tolerant, and then I uh, I, I did change my um, the, my balance. And so I make a point, you know, if, if it's something truly important, I'm like, honey, this is for the show. I just need to wrap this out. i got to text David quick, this awesome meme. No, something like that. Um, you know, she understands that it's pressing, and then it's usually like the phone gets set down, gone away, and even to the point where she isn't requesting it. It's just something that I would rather roll around on the floor with my kids than play around with this phone. And sometimes I would rather just go for a walk with no one at all than play around with my phone. That is the tech fatigue part of it. But bored with old devices, um, absolutely. I am ready for a new phone. I don't even care what it is. I'm tempted to buy the. I, I don't know. I'm tempted to buy... What was it I wanted to use? Well, the G4 is actually really, really nice hardware. Um, what was the other one that I was just playing around with? Not the Note 5, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, just... Well, the M9. I'd like to have the M9, but that's, you know, that's okay. On the flip side, I'd like to tell a quick story, because tech fatigue affects us, but I know lots of other people gravitate towards the familiar and the regular. And giving off what you said earlier about um, the amazing backup and restore features on Windows Phone. A friend of mine, actually a coworker of mine, her name is Caroline. She 
was in a car and filming a beautiful scene of a waterfall or something, and she happened to drop her phone outside of the window. It was a it was a one of the blue devices, Windows phones. That's it's, it's nice because dual SIM capabilities and it's really cheap. She dropped it and it fell in the river and it was gone forever. And she's like, David, what do I do? And she already ordered the same one that she had before. She didn't know if her stuff was backed up at all. But the success of Windows Phone allowed it to when she got her phone and she signed in with her account, everything was backed up. All of her photos and videos were on OneDrive. Her start screen came back. All of her apps were reinstalled. And she was delighted. And she's not even a tech person. And uh, and that was a telling story about if as long as you say yes, allow, backup, and all those things, it does itself in the background and doesn't bother you with, you should do a backup, or what, what, like, what would you like to back up? It just works. And so that's a beautiful testament to Windows Phone's backup and restore in real-world situations. Absolutely. One thing I think of Microsoft doing well is that they are trying... Well, first of all, their business model is for you to use Microsoft stuff, okay? So to continue to entice you to do that, to, to not turn you away from that, they want your user experience to be good. And so your Express settings are really designed for you, not for uh, ad revenue, okay? <clears throat> and so that stuff in your Express settings, you, by all means, go through every single one, read every line, check, uncheck, whatever you need to do if you don't want to do Express settings. But Express settings, I've, you know, the last, boy, it's been like six months now since I've done custom settings, actually, because it's set up, and then when I open the camera, oh, allow uh, location, you bet. Oh, open up... Um, what else? Maps. Yep. Better need a location for that. Things like that, where it pops up as you need them, mm-hmm. and uh, where you cannot necessarily say the same for Google, for example. Last yeah, thing I, about Google, um, I was updating. We were we were setting up someone's phone at work. They got a new phone, whatever. Logged in with their Gmail and stuff, and it was oh no, you know, all of a sudden it was um, reinstalling all their text messages. Like wow, this is awesome, and um, the guy I was working with is like wow, is that new? I don't remember uh, Google doing that. I'm like. <clears throat> Windows Phone's been doing that for two and a half years. And it's one of those things, or maybe maybe at least two years. At least. Uh, yeah, so it's just, we, we kind of take for granted, take it for granted. There's plenty of things that Google does that Microsoft or Windows Phone doesn't do as well. We understand that there's a balance there, but um, I don't, I never mind pointing out a strength of Windows Phone in front of uh, <laughs> my Android iOS friends. Yeah. So let's talk about wallet destroying Microsoft launch event coming up soon. What would that be, Vernon? Oh, um, well, it's still rumored. I haven't seen the latest. I think it's like September 9th or 6th or something like that, which is actually, wow, that's like a week and a half away. So we are expecting, let's see, how many fingers you got here, Dave? Let's count, count down here. The Band 2, we're expecting that. Expecting the uh, Microsoft Surface Pro 4, which is going to be awesome. Of course it is. Uh, the uh, the the Microsoft Lumia 950 XL and the 950 proper, <laughs> whatever that is. Uh, so that's that's four devices. They're talking about potentially an Xbox Slim. Uh, I would say Continuum stuff, which could be a separate thing, okay? Because that will be another pile of devices that even if you get the phone, you should also get the dock and like whatever you know, charger or like all that other. Um, stuff. So that's another money pit right there. Um, I might be missing something. Maybe that's it. These are obviously rumored. These are rumored, but man, I, I mean, if I had... Jeez, I could spend a lot of money on that stuff. Whether it's September or October or November, Microsoft, get this stuff out there before Christmas. You're, I mean, you might be playing that already. Freaking make it happen. Because... For me personally, it will help if I get gifts, for example, of, I don't know, cash, which might happen. My birthday is in November, which is nice, because then I get another wave of gifts in December. Um, and then, of course, the older I get, the more it's going to be reversed, and the more I'll be giving, and the less I'll be getting. So I'm yep. trying to capitalize welcome on to, that. Welcome to adulthood. Right. Well, I'm trying to capitalize on the remain the the former yeah. while I still can. The um, youth left in you. <laughs> yes. Which there is there's there's enough. There's enough. There's youth. plenty of youth left in you, David. That's okay. Yes. Which is a good thing. Alright. So yeah, I guess I have nothing else to say about that as far as yeah, I'd love to spend seven grand on cool, awesome stuff, you know? But mm-hmm. um I don't know if it would all together probably might might not be seven grand. I don't know. Three, four grand, whatever. Anyway. 
We thought today maybe I thought today may be a good time, a good episode to talk about the tech that we use at home, which could better or worse justify us uh, spending seven grand on new stuff that's coming out soon. David, what what technology, you know, computing, I'll just say, that's like such an outdated term, do you use um, at home? I'm going to narrow it down to the essentials because like you, Vernon, I have a sort of a collection of devices and in truth, I don't use them all daily. I use a lot of them daily. I'm just going to focus on the ones I use daily, okay? So the device I use primarily is a desktop device that I have built myself. It has a lot of Asus components to it, including an Asus motherboard. It has an Intel um, SSD for its o- for my OS and for and for my pro- programs and all that. And I've sp- I've poured a lot of time and effort into it because I had a HP Pavilion desktop for years and only recently upgraded, which has also served me well. So that's the main one that I use. I use two monitors. I use a 1080p monitor and my old 1600 by 900 monitor. <laughs> Might as well still use it. It's here. Yep. So I get to dual monitor, which do have dual monitors, which is great. Um, and then I use this microphone quite a bit, this blue Yeti microphone for lots of things, for podcasting or for chatting or whatever. But you know what? I still use the same HP keyboard that came with my old desktop. In fact, I went to Goodwill the other day, and they had a brand new, like, well, brand new, like it was barely touched. It was the same keyboard. And I was like, yes, because my old one, the like the letters are rubbing off, the keys aren't quite as fresh. And so I was able to replace it with an exact duplicate, which makes me so happy. And my, meanwhile, my brother has this fancy mechanical keyboard and all this stuff. And I just have this plain HP keyboard that I love how I just know where the keys are. I love its touch. The Windows logo is still old, which kills me inside. But <laughs> but it's it's very worth it. Siri, shut up. Um, <laughs> so that's the, that's the desktop I use. The phone I use is the 1520. I occasionally use an Android device and an iPhone device just kind of for fun. Siri, I swear. <laughs> um, and so, and that's those are the primary devices that I use when you break it all down. My desktop and my Lumia fifteen twenty Vernon, at home. What devices do you use? <laughs> well, um, about seventeen years ago. Well, it feels like that. About maybe four years ago, I spent I don't know what whatever, not too much, less than a thousand bucks for some. I probably should have spent half of that for an what did we read this here? Uh, HP Pavilion tower with uh, AMD A8 in there, 8 gigs of RAM. Um, best part about it, beats audio. Ah, uh, yeah. I never once used a, uh, any feature of any kind on that. I don't know. It's just a branding thing. I doubt anything's different. Uh, this thing has served me well enough. Um, now, Kevin, our producer, will easily debate this, saying that I need to update this. And um, I agree. I do need to update this or something, different video cards or whatever. I don't even understand that kind of stuff. But I, I doubt I'm going to purchase a new tower. I'll probably build it or even just add a few components here and there. Um, but that was working well enough. Just got the standard, I don't even know what size it is, 21-inch uh, display that came with it. My desk is too small to have another monitor. Uh, plus, it's got a weird little extra shelf thing that would get in the way, so I'd need to have like a mount for it. That would be a pain. Um mm. I use the Blue Yeti. Um, I really, really like this thing. I got the Blue Yeti Blackout Edition, so I'm super boss with this little thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Blue Yeti. Blue, the Blue Yeti is a nice mic. I do like it. Um, phones. I use a 1520, running 8.1 right now. I have the. Uh, we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Not gonna talk about phones right now. Um, I, for work, I do have a work-issued uh, Dell Latitude 5. 12 or something? I don't remember the model number, but um, running run Windows 7. Luckily, it's 7. Half the people at my work use XP still. And um, I don't know. It's i5 or something. I don't know how much. 4 gigs of RAM or something like that. Really just uh, for, for work. I like Right now, I actually have it up because I have the show notes up on it. But um, at, at work, I have a dock and everything like that. It's just a single monitor, but I use the laptop display as well. So I guess kind of two, two, two monitors there. The keyboard I have, the keyboard I have right now, is like I was like seven dollars at dollar store or something like that. I mean, just ridiculous. Yeah, ripped off, man. The the dollar store was supposed to sell you stuff for a dollar. You paid seven times too much. Yeah, way overpriced. Um, actually, maybe I got it at Best Buy, but it's an insignia, just a junky little thing. But it's um, it's Windows um ten or Windows seven, I should. Whatever. What's the difference? Eight. Windows eight one. So it has um, the updated uh, keys and stuff. I mean, it's it's a 
decent enough, has a decent key travel, but that's not really my not a big deal for me. And I still have the good old mouse, wired mouse, and believe me, once you have children, you do not want a wireless mouse. You want a wired mouse with a heavy-duty, um, you know, titanium cable attached to it, so that thing does not run off. Uh, my children, yeah, okay. Um, and then eventually. <clears throat> If this stinking package shows up today, I will have an Asus uh, VivoTab Note 8, which I said that I had before, which I did. The thing had failed on me. I don't know what happened. The pen, the stylus tweaked out, and then uh, the display tweaked out too, which uh, I don't know, may or may not have been my own fault. I don't know what happened there. Um, so I sent that back, and I spent the extra 50 bucks for a brand new one with, with warranty, with uh, the proper uh, office on it, and... Um, and of course, I'll upgrade that to 10. I did upgrade the one I had to 10 before. Worked awesome. I had it all set up, and the thing died on me. Died on me. So. Now was that like a refurbished device, or what was that? Well, see, I, my understanding was that it was not. It was new, but that the packaging was damaged. Okay. And so, okay. Um, and it was 50 or some bucks cheaper than the the new one. Weird. And so I got that, but it but it was it was definitely had been used because Office was already. Use the warranty was already sketchy. Not, yeah, so so I I should have made the wise choice to begin with and just gotten uh, the proper one. Yeah, well now you learned whatever. Yeah. So anyway, yes. Um, Good so segue into travel, right? Because now we're talking about yes. mobile devices. So I have to tell you, I travel super light now. Like in general, I have my I have I have the smallest suitcase I can find. Pack my clothes and toiletries in there, and then for tech. I use my 1520, and I use my Service Pro 3, and I have a charging cables for each, and I have a portable battery. I bring those things, and the only exception is if I want to take pictures, I'll bring my 1020 as, like, the camera. And that's pretty much everything that I bring, because my, my mobile phone is my boarding pass, it's my calendar, it's my taxi service, a.k.a. Uber, um, requ requesting device, and my Service Pro 3 is my get stuff done. And so in the plane, I'll turn on airplane mode. Uh, and also I bring my Zune HD, to be fair. I listen to podcasts um, on my phone, sometimes on my Zune, depends on what I want to do. And then music. And I do all airplane mode on the airplane, obviously. And then I'm completely wireless other than that, whether it's getting my rental car. It is so awesome that I can do things that were not possible with this one device. I can use my Microsoft Band. Use my phone and my Surface really for everything that I could possibly need, from waking up in the morning with an alarm, to getting my tickets, to looking at my schedule, everything. It is awesome. How about you, Vernon? What do you use for travel? Uh, not that. Jeepers. Um, I don't use a Surface. I do have a Surface RT. Um, some of the conferences I've been to, I do bring that with, and it's, um, I guess sometimes I plug the wireless mouse into it and check email on it and stuff, but uh, primarily that's actually my music device. I'll plug that in either wirelessly or wired to um, the iHome speaker in my hotel room, you know, and um, use that, or I'll bring a, I have a Bluetooth little, little Bluetooth speaker, I don't even know what brand it is, $15 speaker or something, and I'll, I'll play music with the, with the RT device. It's pretty much dead now. I mean, the thing is, eh, it's not really working very well. Um, for travel, I do use, I take my work laptop with me, of course, um, for work, and then hopefully I use this VivoTab, which I mentioned earlier, and that will be, the reason. The whole reason I'm getting that is to take proper, I should say better notes at this conference, because um I'll admit it, I am that geek in the front row, raising their hand, interacting, being all enthusiastic and stuff. And so I do take I try to take good notes. And it's just silly for me to write down with pen and paper. Like I don't have a pen in my home. Like I I mean I'm sure I do. I don't I don't know where it is. Uh, my son uses paper, so we have like coloring paper. I, I that would be about it. And so why not extend that to you know, the rest of my life, and actually just take notes on this tablet. Um, obviously, it can either stay in handwritten form or convert it to text, and that way I have these notes. I can I can share them if I need to at the end, of, you know, even share them within the within the, the specific session itself, actually, or, or what have you. Obviously, I'm going to be taking advantage of the um, office lens, so if we're doing whiteboards or even just snapping a picture that's up on the projector, 
a projector. Is that even? Yeah, I guess it's called a projector. Um, you know, that's office lens is going to be a big part of that. And of course, just having my schedule itinerary, you know, the the agenda in in my tablet instead of hauling around this big binder that everybody gives you. Um, to me, it just makes more sense to do that. Um, enough about that. I just hope the stinking thing arrives before I have to leave tomorrow morning. Yeah. So, um, of course, I use the fifteen twenty, um, which I like. Um, but okay, let me back up. I, for work, I have a work issued. We gotta hurry up here, dude. We have um, eight minutes I, left. Oh, let's do this. I have a work issued iPhone five, uh, five, no six. It's iPhone six. I actually like it less than the five S that I had before because most of my work on my work phone is done with one hand. And if anyone uses iOS, you know you have to reach the top left to go back on anything, and it's ridiculous. So, whatever. This phone is adequate. And uh, so I'll use that. I have tethering on there. I'm going to run all my stuff off of that. And then, of course, I'm still debating, which is going to bring us to the next next part here. Stability versus features. So 1520 has A1 on it. I don't feel as comfortable putting 10 back on that and using as a daily driver, um, at least not on this conference. Mm -hmm. But I do not want to lug that stinking huge thing around for the conference on planes and, like, whatever. And so I'm debating on putting the SIM back in the 830 using um, running with 10, and then it's a smaller device, more portable, obviously still a good camera for taking sightseeing pictures and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not... Really sure. What do you think about this? This is a, not, this isn't a very this isn't our typical this is this versus that. But what do you think about this, David? All right. Well, you don't you don't you're not taking any stance on this, are you? You're not taking a stability versus features stance. Well, you know, I'm almost tempted to bring my a 635 or a 920 just so if I break it, drop it, I'm not out. You know, like hmm. uh, as I travel. So I'm almost on that side. Just. Stability and even, you know, safety. Hmm, I'll be on features. So YOLO swag, you only live once. Um, (laughs) I say all the features, man. Forget about stability. You need to to be the the on-the-edge person because you're already halfway there with all your knowledge and all your tech enthusiasm. Why not just go further and just... And be the edge, and be part of the experience. Take your SIM card, put it in your 8330 with 10 on it, and use that on your trip. And if your phone just completely doesn't work, it'll be an adventure. That's fair. Plus, I have my work phone anyway. I made sure that I had tethering on that because I do not have it on 10. Um, and so that is that was obviously a big deal for me. So. Um, not much of an argument from me there, I guess. I agree with that. <laughs> I'll still bring the I'll I'll still bring a whole pile of phones. I'm sure. Just that's the way I am. Yeah, I know. Uh, I guess last thing I guess I didn't mention. Um, headphones. I love these Jaybird Blue Buds X. I've had them like a year and a half now, probably. Mm. Since they came out, they're awesome, and they were <laughs> not cheap. <laughs> but um, I use them for a lot of things. They're Bluetooth headphones. If you guys aren't aware of that, if you watch the video, you can see what I have here. They're just like awesome, super light. I literally get like eight hours of battery out of these things. I use them all the stinking time. Um, I love these. So obviously for, awesome. you know, connect to tablet or phone, even uh, the laptop, of, um, either phone or laptop for webinars and stuff like that. Um, on the plane, whatever, podcasts, all that kind of thing. Yeah, they, my- will not, they will not leave me. Yeah, the monster yellow Nokia earbuds that were gifted to me, I think they're pretty expensive too. They have a double purpose. They prevent my head and my ears from getting that ear pressure in the plane because I have really sensitive oh, nice. ears and I have a problem with that. And one time I was wearing them and I'm like, I'm not, like my head doesn't hurt at all. And I thought, oh, maybe I grew out of it. Then I took them out for one time and they still hurt. So I'm like, these are mm-hmm. like earplanes and headphones put into one. Holy cow, this is amazing. So I use that when nice. I travel from now on. Let's hit our picks now and fly yes. through them. Yes. Uh, app picks. Um, I'm gonna go whatever airline app you think you need uh, when you're flying because there are some pretty good ones that I told. I don't remember who I'm flying with. I have to look at my um, my itinerary here. Again. I use Delta. I use Fly the Fly Delta app. Pretty sure. Okay, that's probably what I've used before. I I think DFA uses Delta. Yeah. So that works. Use it. Awesome. Um. Yeah. Also, Delta people use 1520s on the plane too. Yeah, that's cool. That's right. So my app pick is 8Stream. It is an awesome Twitch TV application, just really well made. Obviously, third party because there's no first party Twitch app yet, but it does has all the features: tw- uh, chat only feature, changed quality feature. Get it? It's awesome. 
game pick. My game pick is going to be Splatoon, which is an amazingly fun Nintendo game for the Wii U. Super addicted to it, and it's 60 FPS. It's gorgeous and really, really fun online multiplayer. When Nintendo does something, they do it right for games. That's always what my, my, been my opinion. Vernon, what is your game pick? And reminder, these were suggested by John. He says, we should talk about games. I agree. I, I've talked enough about my Windows Phone games, which are still like three of them. Uh, but I will talk about... <laughs> my favorite console game is Tekken Tag. I don't know what decade that was, but I played the living bejeepers out of that thing, and I loved it. I, I got... I thought I was so good at it, right? Nice. And then my best friend, he played it too, and he whooped me pretty much 90% of the time, but uh, we obviously played on, on his. I don't have a console. Never have. have was that have Super had. Nintendo? Uh, that was PS2. Oh, okay. PS2, yeah. Nice. Wow. Man, that's a long time ago. So that game is still awesome. I'm tempted to go buy a $75 PS2, get the game for $0.09 cents at... Well, I probably can't even get any more and just play that. And I am certain I will waste hours and hours on that. Podcast, <laughs> uh, music picks. I'm going to go with Blues Traveler. If you've not heard of them, you need you better know who Blues Traveler is. They're back from a long time ago, and they are the ones with the harmonica. Maybe they got a banjo in there somewhere. Maybe not. But um, there's more songs that are – there's not just uh, Hook and – Run Around, I think, was the other one. Those are the two main ones that everyone knows about, but there's other ones on there. Mountain Winds Again and um, Good, Bad, and the Ugly are also great songs, so Blues Traveler. Awesome. My music pick is Xandria. They are a symphonic power metal group, one that I'm less familiar with, but I'm listening to now and really enjoying. They are very similar to Nightwish, which I have recommended in the past. Are we going to skip podcast picks? Because I don't have a podcast I got one. I got okay. one real quick. Okay, um, the 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 gentleman who does hardcore history, his name is Dan Carlin. Hardcore history, obviously, awesome podcast, and I've recommended it before. Probably do it again. But he also does one called Common Sense with Dan Carlin, and he doesn't do one very often, but and usually an hour long. But this last one he did was about the Republican primary debate, and he made it very clear he does not uh, like Donald Trump as a as a human being or even a, a, a candidate. But he absolutely loves what he's doing, shaking things up, getting people out of their robot mode, and helping um, uh, just mix it up a little bit. And to be fair, on the other side, Bernie Sanders is doing the same thing, and I really, really – I love his commentary on it, and I really, really love that it's happening, but that's political. I'm not going to talk about, or about that. Twitter tip, real quick. Uh, this isn't even a tip, I guess, but proper hashtag use, uh, I guess in general – um, if you want it to be productive for you, use hashtags that are already known, especially if it's geolocation or something like that. And um, and then if you just want to be goofy, especially for the um, what would you call it? Um, uh, I just I come up with goofy hashtags like um, parent fail again or like something like that, which is really just contextual. Really not something you would click on and and find anything else like that potentially. Mm -hmm. Uh, but really frames the context of what you're saying. To be fair, I even use hashtags on Facebook, and I should probably should be shot you for know, that. Brandon, but... yeah, I want to interrupt you for a second, because Stephen Platt, who you might know, I know him, he's on Twitter, he actually works for Twitter. He read my Beyond Tweeting book, and he said nice. that he really, really liked it, with one exception. He said that my definition of hashtags was a little off. He said, over time, really, another definition of a hashtag is to summarize or um, to make a point. I think I think okay. is what he said. I don't remember exactly. I don't remember his words exactly, but it's something to that effect. So if you're creating a hashtag to create a point or to to you know something like that, that's technically permissible via the new definition of what a hashtag is. It doesn't always have a function like how it was intended. That's fair. So I'm ahead of the curve on yes. that. Okay, maybe not. You're riding the wave of of being ahead of the curve. To be fair, I think Nicki Minaj started the contextual hashtag. If you ever listen to her, okay, go back and listen to some of her very first stuff, and she would say like a line and then one line, and that was basically like the semicolon song, right, by Lonely Island. Wow, way off the weeds here. Okay, <laughs> thank you for listening. Hopefully we had a few new listeners. We had a pre-show blab. We will have a post-show blab. Those of you listening to the non-live version, this is not relevant to you at all, and I apologize, but we do do this uh, be occasionally uh, at the beginning and end of each show. 
we chat it up, we meet some new people on there, we say, hey, check out our show, and occasionally it happens, and that's awesome. So also, at the Post Show Lab, we have people jump in, Rawl's been in there, we've chatted with him a bunch, Rawl's obviously a fan of ours. Uh, hopefully Rick's joined us, I think Sam might be in there, I'm trying to think of who else, um, probably going to jump in, that'd be awesome. So, join us after the Join us at the post show blab, except it will already have happened if you're listening to this pre uh, Yeah, that. If you like the show, subscribe. We said that before. Do it, please. We're going to say it again. Subscribe to the show, msmobileshow.com slash subscribe. Uh, video versions there if you dare. And um, yeah, if you love the show and you subscribe, you may also consider uh, contributing. I'm not going to say anymore. We talk about it all the time. Do so if you feel we're worth it. Um, we are on Twitter at MS Mobile Show. We are on Facebook, MS Mobile Show. If you want to contact us by email and have comments or suggestions for us, you can do so with contact at msmobileshow.com. You can reach yours truly on Twitter at David V. Kimball or my website at davidvkimball.com. You can reach Vernon at VernonEL on Twitter and many other places. That's his pretty much consistent username across lots of platforms. We record the show every Monday at 1 in the afternoon in the Midwest, which is 11 a.m. my time or Pacific time. If you were in London, it would be around 7 in the evening. And thank you for listening. Have a great week, everyone. And Vernon, you sign off. All right. My package might be here, everyone. Have a great week. Stay mobile. <laughs>